0: Hello to everyone in the entire world, and welcome back to List and Learn. It is WrestleMania week in 2016. We're just a few days away from WrestleMania 32. So um, it's called the granddaddy of them all. So I brought on the grandest daddy on the wrestling internet podcast universe. Uh, Joe Gagney's with me. Joe Gagné, hey, how's it going? I'm doing good, Matt. How are you? How are you this fine evening? Pretty good. I am super not that excited for WrestleMania. <laughs> But I'm oh, starting a little Yeah. I'm starting to come around on it a little bit. I don't think that it's I don't think that it's coming together well, but I feel like as a standalone spectacle, it could offer some actual positive entertainment. I don't know if you feel the same way. Um you know, you look at the card and you think, Well, wow, this wasn't built very well at all.
1: This could be have been done a lot better. But I think come Sunday evening we'll all be pretty excited and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun for everyone.
0: Yeah, and, and I like that there is, like, variety in the match types this year. I think that'll make it the six and a half hours go a lot faster. Sure. Oh, yeah, they'll fly by. Yes. <sighs> so, um, hopefully that is the case, and hopefully we are not treated to a uh, a selection of some of the worst matches in WrestleMania history, because that's mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing today. Um, we're going to be counting down the ten worst matches in WrestleMania history, ten being the tenth worst and one being the worst worst. Um And, you know, WrestleMania, it's the biggest event of the year, but a lot of them have been pretty bad. And part of it's been bad booking, uh, just bad crowds, whatever. But also there have been a lot of really bad matches at WrestleMania, Um, notably bad and disappointing matches. So I think we have a large selection to choose from. Um, I'm going to go over my criteria for how I picked the uh, my worst matches, but first, uh, Joe, if there's anything you want to say about what made you decide whether or not something was a worst match candidate?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of like, our, our mutual friend Alan asked me a, a year ago, like, he asked a group of people for a project to just come up with their top ten WrestleMania matches. I had my list in, like, a half hour. That was easy. Going over this, I found it kind of hard because there are, you know, there are matches, Maybe they're maybe they're boring, maybe they're just short, inconsequential, you know, you know, main events get uh, factored in more. Or things like that, I went over a lot. I came up with a list. I'm pretty happy about. Obviously, didn't have time to go back and rewatch. You know, 31 WrestleManias to see what was bad, but um, going by my memory, I think uh, I have a pretty good list. I, I didn't put divas matches on here. It just seemed like low hanging fruit, and often they weren't put in a position to to, to uh, succeed really. So it didn't really seem fair to put them on. That was basically my only criteria. And it had to take place at WrestleMania too, because that's the point of the list.
0: I have one divas match on my list, so I just because it w- it wasn't like a bathroom break match, it was kind of featured at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you I mean, we'll we'll discuss it when we get to it. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, it wasn't just like I didn't just pick a lousy short match that just between a couple of bad. Wrestlers, you know, there had to be some element of disappointment and wasted potential, some sort of mem, something that made uh, the match memorably bad. Um, you know, even if there were maybe other matches that were technically worse. So we'll see as we go. But um, I'll start with my ten, and then uh, then I'll let uh, Joe give his. So um, for my number ten, I knew that I wanted to pick a WrestleMania main event because <laughs> there have been some stinkers. And I only picked one that was actually like a main event, main event. And I had a few choices, a few possible options. Uh, One was Sid versus The Undertaker. But, Mm -hmm. you know, very boring match, very... um, Just not much to it. But that was sort of at like the bottoming out point of WrestleMania, meaning something, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And um, I also could have picked Randy Orton versus Triple H because it was so disappointing. But they worked it as a main event match. It just didn't click that way. You know, They actually put an effort and had an actual WrestleMania-esque finish. So I wasn't going to put that. So what I settled on as my number 10 choice is John Cena versus The Miz from WrestleMania 27. Mm. Uh, now, I found it almost insulting at the time that this is what they decided to have as the main event of a WrestleMania in a giant dome. You know, they, they promoted heavily. It actually did really well for because The Rock came back as the host. They built up this huge confrontation between The Rock and John Cena, ended up basically doing a raw run-in finish. Uh, and the match was, you know, there was just nothing to it. It was just – I don't know. i Like I said, I found it almost insulting. It was just such a waste of a WrestleMania main event. And, a, and I, I could not believe that they decided this was acceptable as a WrestleMania main event, even if it was to set up a much more main event-esque main event the following year. So I feel good putting this at number 10.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a solid pick. I didn't have it on my list. It's a bad, bad match. Don't get me wrong. I just found other things I disliked worse. And um, yeah, it was just kind of – I mean – you look back at it now, like Miz main evented WrestleMania. Really, they even kind of make a joke out of it now. At the time, he kind of had some momentum. He had the the um he the Money in the Bank cash in against Randy Orton. I remember he cut this great promo where he walked kind of like walked from backstage out to the crowd and talked about you know his all you know his journey in the WWE and getting kicked out of the locker room at first. Now he's the he's the man, and but yeah, he just didn't deliver, and I know he got a concussion, but that was very, very late in the match, and they just, he looked terrible, Cena looked terrible, it's, yeah, just, just, I mean, that whole WrestleMania is just a disaster, but we can get to more from that in a bit.
0: Yeah, I, um, well, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this one, but yeah, I mean, you know, people said it was ridiculous that this would be the main event, and then it was even more ridiculous than you would have expected, even though he did, they did have a great intro for The Miz right before the match, better than the actual match by, like, a lot but couldn't live up to it. All right, so uh, Joe, you're number 10. All right, my number
1: 10, and I <laughs> I often did go the route of fairly inconsequential matches, but I had uh, Uncle Elmer versus Adrian Adonis from WrestleMania two, And uh, I, when I did a WrestleMania rewatch a couple of years ago, this one stood out to me. I thought it would be higher, but looking back, Adonis took a couple nice bumps. So, But this is an all-time bad performance from Uncle Elmer, who at one point just falls down after throwing a punch. And he bounces Adonis around for a few minutes, He misses a leg drop. That's basically Adonis's only offense. And then uh, Adrian hits a headbutt or a splash for the pin. I couldn't quite make out which. And it it, it matches a really kind of a microcosm of Vince's weird obsessions with hillbillies and humiliating wrestlers. And it just feels really unpleasant watching it. It's just so strange. And, like, you know, this was considered like family entertainment at the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a very politically incorrect time. It was the the era of Andrew Dice Clay and yeah political correctness had not become a thing yet like it's hard to imagine but it wasn't and so they just wanted to insult everybody and they did and this match was actually uh something that i was considering you know i was like wrestlemania 2 really kind of sucked in a lot of ways i should probably put a match from that and this was the one (laughs) that really made the most sense but i ended up not putting it it was just like you said too a little bit too short and inconsequential for me and i probably have a match on here that will make that uh seem hypocritical, but very bad. <laughs> very, yes. very bad. Um, I'm going to move on to my number nine, which is the WrestleMania 14 opener, the Tag Team Battle Royal. Hmm. Um, I was wavering back and forth because I think at the end of WrestleMania 14, people didn't really remember this. It was mostly a very positive reaction when that show happened. Oh, but, yes. but looking back, just it was such a clusterfuck. The the, you know, it was very sloppy. The, the the teams that really were good really didn't have a chance to do anything. At the end, LOD won, and they looked terrible, in my opinion. <laughs> Meltzer definitely gave it negative stars. I, I just, it was just, there was, it was just something that they could have done so much better. They had fewer teams, made it not a tag team battle royal. I don't know what, but and it was just a waste of a lot of talented guys. It's weird, actually, that you think about it. I'm pretty sure, like, weren't the Rock and Roll Express in it? <laughs> and I, I don't remember exactly. And um, the New Midnight Express were in it. I'm pretty sure the Quebecers were in it. Just like, just like, some totally forgotten things. And they tried to do angles that just like were totally rushed. I think, like, Barry Wyndham came out and attacked Bradshaw. It's just, it was just a weird. I don't know. It's just a weird thing that's like kind of forgotten to history, but was so poorly presented that it might as well have never existed. So I, uh, I, I thought as far as like gimmick matches and WrestleMania and battle royals because they, they WrestleMania has had a few crappy battle royals over the year, years. I think this was the worst one. I don't know if, how much you remember about this. I don't. This one never really occurred to me. It just in my mind, it just seemed like well.
1: You know, it was a match to get everyone on the card and have the LOD go over. I didn't give it. I didn't give it much thought. I'm going to Wikipedia here. Yes, the Rock and Roll Express were in it, as were uh, the Headbangers. Too much. The Disciples of the Apocalypse. The Godwins. The New Midnight Express. LOD Two Thousand. Uh, Flash Funk and Steve Blackman. Uh, the Truth Commission. Los Pariquas mm-hmm. And uh, the Nation of Domination had and- two teams. Oh yes. They had D'Lo and Mark Henry and Farouk and Kama. Farouk and Kama. Oh man, that's right. Yeah, Farouk and Kama. Those Bariquas. The Bariquas. The Bariquas had two teams. It looks like Jose Estrada Jr. and Jesus Castillo Jr. along with Savio Vega and Miguel Perez Jr.
0: So I take it back. Not exactly a stable of great wrestlers in this match. <laughs> no, it was just a lot of terrible <laughs> yeah, ones. Yeah.
1: Looking back at it, holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The yeah the Quebecers were in it. God, who knew? Um, yeah. I just I never gave this one. Any thoughts? It's just you know, it's just a battle royal to get everyone on the card and it accomplish what it meant to do. So, you no, know, I'll we'll have to, I guess, not revisit this to
0: yes. uh, confirm. Interesting. Yes. Uh, what about your number nine?
1: My number nine is the Natural Disasters against Money Incorporated from WrestleMania Eight. Huh. So we have the uh, very popular Legion of Doom with the tag champs in early 1992, feuding with the Natural Disasters. Something comes up. I, I'm still not sure what, but they have to get the belts off the LOD. So instead of just losing to the heel team they're feuding with, they put DiBiase and IRS together randomly, never teamed before. They're the new champions. They take Jimmy Hart as their manager. The natural disasters turn face. And the disasters, by the way, are comprised of Earthquake, who was the, the most hated heel in the promotion two years prior, and Typhoon, who bombs so bad as a babyface, they had to turn him heel just one year earlier. Plus, the babyfaces are like these huge monsters compared to the heels. So what I'm getting at is the crowd is deathly silent during this match and you can't blame them. Cause I mean, this had like the worst idea for a match in history and the, I mean, the, the work isn't the worst. I mean, Typhoon looked terrible in this match, but I'm sure there are worse worked matches here, but it's just as poorly constructed a match you can think of. And they just end it with the lame, money inc just leaves like they just leave you get the terrible count out no one's happy like they constructed a match that was destined to fail and they had no good ending for and i always find this one extra upsetting because if you think of the other two title matches on wrestlemania 8 they were so great they're like borderline classics to carry the show and then there's this turd like late and it's just oh this one always just kind of upset me probably more than it should
0: yeah, see, it just goes to show how many bad matches there were in WrestleMania history. I didn't consider this one; I didn't really think much about it. Um, it's, it was sort of it sort of reminds me about WrestleMania eight, just like how odd the layout of the card was. That they had this super hot first half, and then just like everything in the last half was just completely forgettable, forgettable or terrible. Mm. Except, I guess, for the very, very ending of the show. Yes, but but yeah, so yeah, so this match, you know, it's some, I don't even think about it too much, but yeah, you have the natural disasters who were doing fine as heels, as far as I could tell, feuding with the, the the Legion of Doom. And then you decide to make them the top babyface tag team, I guess, because the Legion of Doom were kind of on a hiatus for a while. I don't know what the, what the logic was, but they kept them as babyfaces pretty much for the rest of their run, right? And yeah. then Earthquake wasn't a heel in WWF again until he came back as Golga and very briefly. Yeah, it's, it's a weird decision and, yeah, terrible. You know, it's just... I, I don't know what, they're, what they think when they, when they have such bad finishes on pay-per-views like that, especially back then when pay-per-views were so few and far between. But I guess the idea was, you know, that you had name wrestlers against each other at all was worth paying for. I don't know.
1: Yeah, there was still some novelty to that, so I guess they figure. And they don't have a good ending, so just don't have one.
0: Yeah. Speaking of... Well, maybe it wasn't so much a bad ending as the ending causing a bad match, and that was, um, I thought actually this would be higher, but my number eight is Jake the Snake Roberts versus Ravishing Rick Rude from WrestleMania 4. And this is on my list because of, I think, an expectations issue. To me, this was the worst match on one of the most boring, maybe the most boring WrestleMania ever, WrestleMania 4. And part of the issue with... Wrestlemania 4 is that all the matches were short and inconsequential this match was long and inconsequential It was 15 minutes (laughs) which was for WWF in 1988 on pay-per-view and on tv that's a Iron Man match a 15 minute match
1: it was over 15 minutes because for whatever reason they went to a 15 minute draw in like 1550 or something
0: yeah it's it's weird and it was I mean mostly chin locks so, I mean, that's really all you need to say, right? It's a 15-minute it's a match before a dead crowd that's mostly chin locks. And it's between two guys that, you know, are charismatic. You know, Rick Rude, you know, he wasn't as good as he ended up becoming, but he was a pretty good wrestler, I think, at this point still. Jake Roberts was never, like, the world's greatest athletic worker, but he certainly had good psychology and get a crowd going. And they just did not try on this night, and it was dreadful. And again, it was, uh, yeah, so there might have been worse worked matches, but in terms of execution but i don't think there are too many more disappointingly dull matches than this one and they decide and it's just like they got such a coveted spot in terms of being actually given time they were it was longer than the main event it was longer than any of the previous wrestlemania main events <laughs> was i think i think it might have even been the longest match in wrestlemania history up to this point um I'm not sure if uh, the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal was longer. I think this was the longest match in WrestleMania in history up to this point, point. and it probably just reinforced Vince McMahon's idea, like, oh well, I guess you can't have long matches on these things, because um, it was it was a disaster. I think.
1: Yeah, I went back and rewatched this one because this one kind of jumped in my mind. It didn't make my final cut, but I mean, it's it's by no means any good at all. It, like, it's just Rude puts on an infinitely long headlock in the middle of it there were a couple moments where it was a little exciting near the beginning and end but um that that may have saved it from my list but uh i mean this is by far the worst match these two had and they had a spirited feud not too long after this i'm surprised they still went through with it after this match but um yeah i mean you're right just just got awful and just uh I had a match from uh, WrestleMania four on here. We'll get
0: to in a bit. It was not this one, but this was no good at I think, all. I think I might be able to guess what it was, but there are a couple of possibilities. So I just yeah, checked. there's no shortage. <laughs> yeah, I just checked. So WrestleMania two had two matches over thirteen minutes uh, in the in the boxing match and the tag title match, and I think WrestleMania three had well Savage versus. Um, Savage versus Steamboat, I think, was like 14 minutes, something like that, 12 or 14 minutes. So I'm <laughs> going to check that right now. So yeah, 14 minutes and 35 seconds. So yes, up till this point, uh, Rick Rude versus Jake Roberts was the uh, longest match in WrestleMania history, and based on my rankings, the worst match in WrestleMania history up till this <laughs> point. So um, good going. And uh, Joe, what is your number eight?
1: My number eight is Randy Savage versus George Steele from WrestleMania 2. And... Uh, I think you can uh, make a claim Savage is one of the all-time great Mania performers, but he got off to a rocky start, and yeah, he starts off, he runs away repeatedly, Uh, Steele beats him up with flowers he got from uh, Al Isaacs, apparently, and he (laughs) threw the turnbuckle insides at him, Savage makes a comeback, Uh, he hits the elbow, and George (laughs) Steele kicks out, and then Savage gets the win with the old feet on the ropes in the corner spot, and I mean people were into this, but this just felt so far beneath savage, and that that first portion of Wrestlemania two was so awful, like they really needed a good match and if they'd had the Tito Savage title change, I think it would have been like a really noteworthy and memorable part of the card, but we got we got this like terrible feud, and it's, I just couldn't I just couldn't believe why like this is what you do with Randy Savage when he shows up like this is your idea, like George Steele, God,
0: yeah, I mean. I don't know. They just had some aversion to having these like big epic matches on major shows in the eighties. And uh, I guess Savage versus steel was a hot feud on TV. Like it was a good Saturday night's main event feud. They had the, the soap opera aspect of it, but yeah, I, I consider this one too. Again, didn't make my list, but yeah, just, I mean, George steel was just, I mean, he's just a really bad wrestler. You know, I don't know what he was like in the sixties and the seventies, but in the eighties, he was just bad yeah it's a it's a not it's a not the best wrestlemania debut for randy savage but uh he would he would adjust i guess and uh you're right i think become one of the best wrestlemania performers ever especially given you know relatively few compared to later stars in terms of how many wrestlemanias he really got to perform at um moving right along um my number seven is uh you know it's amazing the undertaker uh Responsible for a one of the most impressive runs of great matches of any wrestler ever at WrestleMania. But that came way later, because early on he had an impressive run of not-so-great matches, not the least of which was my number seven, which is The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez from WrestleMania 9. Um, so WrestleMania 9 is notorious for being maybe the worst WrestleMania ever. I don't know if it still holds that distinction or not, but for a long time, I think that was a conventional wisdom. Would you agree, Joe? Yeah, that was
1: kind of the the basic understanding.
0: It was just a nightmare of a card. Yeah, and you know, I think the thing that people were most upset about was the uh, hot-shouting the title back to Hulk Hogan after Bret Hart had a run on top. But I think as far as matches go, the worst match was The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Not that it was any surprise. You had a wrestler whose whole whose whole shtick was that he didn't sell at all and then a wrestler who cannot sell um and can barely move and so you had two guys who were barely moving and not selling and then you had a a weird old-fashioned finish involving like i guess smothering a guy with an ether rag (laughs) yep and that's that's or chloroform i guess is what they said but you know, whichever chemical it was, what's the difference? It was a rag. The finish was the the weapon of choice was a rag, and amazingly, for future history, they had the Undertaker win by disqualification instead of having John Gonzalez, you know, cheat with the rag and then beat him. So lucky for them that that's what happened. But it was still a weird DQ ending for a match where neither guy could do anything or take a bump or have anything cool happen. The Undertaker couldn't hit a tombstone. It was just. You know, just it was just absolutely abysmal. Uh the the booking was abysmal. The crowd didn't really care that much. The atmosphere was all wrong for these two guys. They had another pretty bad match at SummerSlam, although not quite as bad because it had a finish. Um, but yeah, terrible match, uh for a terrible WrestleMania. Joe, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, this
1: this is uh this is our first overlap. I had this way up at number three. Okay. Uh yeah, Giant Gonzalez is just one of the worst wrestlers ever. He's yeah, like the way he sells, he like bugs his eyes out and acts like he's being electrocuted. Like you said, that they couldn't do anything. And I mean, Undertaker matches at the time were usually a pretty tough go, but this is just beyond brutal. And like you said, think they're lucky stars they they had Undertaker win even by, by DQ because you you imagine if he lost, like what would they build? Like a lot of those WrestleManias around, like there's no streak. It's just a flabbergasting that you know.
0: Yeah, it's amazing that that one decision to keep un- to protect Undertaker, even while they pr- were protecting Giant Gonzalez, led to them led to their whole booking strategy for about five or six WrestleManias in a row. There at the turn of the decade, it's amazing actually. Um, amazing how uh, fate works like that. Um, uh, so so that's your number three. What about your number seven, Joe?
1: My number seven was uh, Rocky Maivia versus The Sultan from WrestleMania 13. Uh, Rocky won the bell from Triple H about a month before this show, but Triple H was already feuding with Goldust, so they didn't have a natural opponent. So they dust off The Sultan, who debuted in the fall of 1996 and was totally dead on arrival, and they just kind of just said, hey, you're the challenger for, you know, you get one of the title shots, and you'd think both guys would work really hard to, you have something to prove, but no, this match is a total bore. It features an extended nerve pinch. I I, I forgot how terrible this was. I rewatched it a couple of months ago. I'm like, God! I mean, this is like where the crowd totally turns on Rocky. I don't blame them. Uh, I mean, it was really the tipping point as far as him getting any kind of support as a babyface, although certainly things would work out for him. But yeah, yeah he ends up winning. It's a ter- like, terrible match, worse than you would imagine.
0: Yeah, I... You know, it's it's tough because, you know, you look at this and you're like, wow, Rocky Maivia was pretty bad early on. Mm. But then you, then you think, well, he had so little experience at this point. Like, they probably just, you know, made him do too much too early, mm. uh, especially if they were hoping for him to be, you know, a huge star. And obviously they had the whole wrong idea as far as pushing him. I don't understand because, I mean, I think this is probably the best analogy to a guy like Roman Reigns where – You know, they're pretty sure that he has something special. And, you know, he might. He's a good... I mean, I think Roman Reigns is a pretty good wrestler. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, some would say excellent wrestler. I would say he's at least good. And he just seems to be devoid of a certain type of top guy charisma. And I don't think... You know, they obviously see something being around him that doesn't appear before the audience. And I think that was true of The Rock back then because... He obviously they were right that the rock had that charisma, but it didn't appear before the audience. So I don't get why they don't just follow the rock path and have him, you know, do the heel turn thing. I don't know what they're so afraid of with turning these guys heel. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean Cena I kind of get, although at this point, like seriously, I I don't really see what the difference is, but at this point I almost think forget turning Cena. Just turn turn Roman. I I I mean, I've been saying that for I mean a lot of people have been saying that for like a long time, but just seems like common sense maybe they'll do it maybe they'll do it on sunday i don't know uh, people don't seem to think so but sorry for the tangent i just this match there's really not much to say about it it was pretty it was just kind of crappy but it does make me think about you know rocky Maivia v and his trajectory and you know if they had just kept going with this character and just decided yeah this is this is what we're going to stick with we're going to stick with this and we know he's the guy so we're never going to give up on it you know what would have happened to rock to the rock yeah
1: but i mean you're absolutely right. Like, this is exact. And this is where Vince looked at something, saw it wasn't working, made a change, yep. and it worked. So, I don't know what's different now, but uh, here we are.
0: You know, weird to say, but possibly what's different is that there's no Vince Russo. To be mm. like, I, and you know, and I, I feel weird giving Vince Russo credit, but I do believe that he probably was a guy who was like, yeah, Vince, we got to do something different. <laughs> I mean, I do, I really do believe that. That, yep. that that he did something like that and there's I don't know if there's anyone like that in WWE right now. You know, Triple H might be the closest thing and he obviously, you know, is happy having his little uh you know, his little side project there to keep him happy and to win favor of the uh of the smart fans, I don't know. But um so yeah, moving on. Um my number 6 is uh yeah, I mean I don't know how anyone could have thought this would have been good, but it's the Big Show versus Akibono from WrestleMania 21. Uh, Just, I mean, it was a sumo wrestling match between uh, and a a fake sumo wrestling match. I think it was fake. I'm pretty sure. Um, So uh, that it just what was what was it going to be besides shitty? I don't know. It was not entertaining. It wasn't even that quick. It had to follow Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, which whatever you want to say about it was at least an epic match in terms of taking the crowd on a roller coaster. It was almost a half hour long. And then, you know, as the cool down, they had that. And I don't know. I think it's just one of those deals where they want WrestleMania to have all this like variety and like international flavor and all this unique stuff, but it's really just shitty. And that's what this was. I it had no business, I think being on a WWE event.
1: Yeah. Why did they bring Akabono in? Cause that did they
0: think it would, help pay-per-view buys in Japan. Uh, you know, that, I, that's all I can think of because he was a big draw at the time, right? Or at least a couple of years before that, he was. Yeah,
1: you know, a couple of years before, he was a, a huge star. Not quite so much at that point. And it, I, I, just, like, I knew who he was. I, I just had some context to it. I can imagine just being your average fan and like, okay, they're bringing in a sumo to fight the big show. Like, it's just... Yeah, just conceptually, it's one of
0: the worst ideas ever. Was it a situation where they wanted like Bob Sapp and they settled for Akibono? I don't know. Um, I don't actually remember that happening. It just sounds like something that might have happened. Um, but yeah, no, just it was just bad. It was and it was bad enough, memorably bad enough to be on my list because it was a sumo wrestling match, and it was in a fairly modern WrestleMania only eleven years ago. So, uh, yeah.
1: Crappy. i think it's just kind of i think that match is helped by the fact there's so much good stuff on the rest of the that car you just kind of you
0: kind of forget about it. like oh yeah there's a
1: wacky sumo match too and you just kind of move on that's yeah. probably my mindset
0: that probably also helps matches like john cena versus bradshaw which was also just like a nothing match yeah uh, not on my list but a nothing match um what's your number six joe my number six is from WrestleMania 4. Do you have a guess what uh, what match I had? Well, I had two possibilities. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about right. both. Either Ultimate Warrior versus Hercules or Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan.
1: It was Ultimate Warrior versus Hercules. Right. And, uh, Warrior actually would have a pretty distinguished WrestleMania career. If you look at the match with Root at five, the main event against Hogan at six, the Savage Retirement match at seven. but Yeah, the, good good run. Yeah, this first one was just atrocious. I mean, Warrior was just awful. He whiffs on a clothesline at one point. He tries to do the throat drop across the top rope, but just misses, so Herc just lands on his feet. His punches look terrible. I mean, they just do stuff for, like, four minutes. Herc slaps on the full Nelson, but Warrior does the push off the ropes for the win. Herc thinks he won somehow, which is always amusing. But, I mean, when, you know, fans, like non-WWF fans complained about the roster just being gassed up crappy wrestlers i mean there was no denying that's what i mean you you can't argue this here it was just two big gassed up guys who were just doing a terrible wrestling match like i i kind of forgotten about this i just kind of went back and was just kind of amazed at how bad it was and i know it's short but uh and it was on, on a bad show but i mean this one stood out to me
0: yeah and the thing is like I think they were trying. <laughs> you know, It's I don't think they were yeah. like just having like a dull, lazy match like Rude and Jake Roberts. I think they were actually like trying at least almost their best. And they were just, like you said, just too gassed up and sloppy and crappy to really do it. And Hercules was not a bad wrestler overall. Just at this stage of the game, he'd just fallen victim to whatever was happening in wrestling or in the WWF at that time. Yeah, and it's interesting about the Warrior because like this is really like the kind of Warrior match that epitomizes what everyone doesn't like about the ultimate warrior because i'll always say that the ultimate warrior is kind of underrated as a wrestler like he obviously only has good matches with other really good wrestlers but not everyone could even do that and the fact that he could always step up like when he's called on to do it in big matches and you know put in the effort and the time you know it's it's something he's not like he's a really good wrestler but I don't think he's like was as terrible as people used to make him out to be because there were guys that were just bad all the time and didn't really ever try. And the Warrior wasn't like that. But this this match was exactly what everyone always complains about. Just sloppy, you know, didn't really know how to do a like an Irish whip or a clothesline, you know, just yeah, you know, his punches looked bad. He could have hurt somebody and just Now, it was Warrior who did the suplex at the end and then and got his sh- and got his shoulder up, or was Warrior on the receiving end of the suplex? I don't even remember. Uh,
1: uh, Hercules had the full Nelson, and Warrior just kind of climbed up the turnbuckle and kicked back, uh-huh. and he ended up on top of Herk and still had to lift his shoulder at the end to so, not get. Uh, so, so it's even, the WrestleMania eight finish between um, Bret Hart and Roddy Piper.
0: Just much less agility yeah, involved. Just un- yeah, just a lot sloppier. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, see, so somehow, so was, so I see they couldn't even bo- be bothered to do an actual back suplex. But, yeah. Um, so, yes, that's terrible. I agree with you on that. Um, my number five, we're, about, we're up to top five territory. Uh, speaking of Tori, uh, this is my, this is the one Divas match that I put, and it's because it was kind of a featured match on the show, because Sable, in 1999, was one of the top stars in the company. And she had pretty much just turned heel very shortly before this. And this was like one of her first big heel matches and it's against uh, Tori, WrestleMania 15. And uh, it featured, I don't remember if it was the debut of Nicole Bass or she was there, you know, doing a sloppy run in and everything about this match just went wrong. And it's really, this match did not really get much less time than like all the other main matches. So that's why I feel like it was an equal to them in terms of the way that it was presented. And it was just the peak of, Women's wrestling in the WWF being just crappy wrestlers, you know, that really didn't know what they were doing, put out there because of the way they looked, not really expected to do much, and they kind of just expected the crowd to go along with it. And this time, the crowd didn't. I mean, WrestleMania 15, in general, had a not-so-great crowd, except for the main event. But they really crapped on this match, and it was really bad. And it was the beginning of the end of Sable, I think, that heel turn was... uh, was I don't know if it wasn't a bad idea or if any if was going to end up leaving anyway, but it's just it stands out to me among all the throwaway bad uh, women's matches in modern WWE history. This one stands out as just being a bad featured match that kind of exemplified a bad era in WWE WWF women's wrestling. Yeah, that I didn't go back and watch this i'm
1: i'm sure it was terrible i believe that was nicole bass's uh debut it looks like they got five minutes which doesn't sound like a lot but it, it was on par with a lot of the matches that night
0: yeah like the matches like the, we're going like six seven eight minutes i think the tag title match got maybe even less than five minutes yeah
1: that went four mm-hmm. uh you know yeah i lost seven five yeah and um kind of yeah i mean Boy, Sable really like. How much longer was she there? It just seemed she fizzled like, out real quick.
0: Maybe like two or three more months after that. Wow. Yeah, and then they they did. Remember they did the title switch, the women's title, where like Deborah was awarded the title by Commissioner Shawn Michaels, and then I think Sable was just gone right after that. Yeah, it's crazy actually that Sable was like she was you know you know maybe like the second biggest ratings draw they had. And then, like, she was gone, like, pretty early on in the boom period. Yeah,
1: I mean, she was a, a big part of them, kind of gaining momentum. And then
0: she was gone just like that. It did not get to enjoy the fruits of their labors. I mean, it probably ended up better that way for everyone. Because, um not that women's wrestling in the WWF got good anytime soon. Really, didn't even get close to good until Trish Stratus became a good wrestler in, like, yeah. late 2002. But, um... But yeah, it's, I mean, this is just like I said, exemplifies a bad period in time for that sort of thing. Um, what about your number five, Joe? My number
1: five is Andre the Giant versus Jake the Snake Roberts from WrestleMania Five. And I have that coming up as well. All right, there is um, a lot of debate about when Andre was shot and he shouldn't have been in the ring. Was it maybe a three or four? Here he was just completely done. I mean, the entire match, he has to stay by the ropes and not go to the center of the ring or else he wouldn't be able to stand up. At one point, he's giving Jake shoulder blocks in the corner and then just starts selling his head. His is like, oh, Jake must have gotten his knee up. And he clearly didn't. And he randomly attacked John Studd for the DQ. And this was the, um, you know, the Andre's afraid of snakes angle. If you look at this, Andre wrestled one more year, basically. He feuded with Stud for a bit, but then it was basically 30-second losses to the Warrior in a tag run with Haku. So, like, they figured out the end was near after this one.
0: Yeah, uh, this is my number four, so it's uh, Mm -hmm. good to transition for that. And, yeah, I, I always thought this was, you know, up until very, you know, later in the game, the worst match in WrestleMania history. It's just... For one thing, it was a big match. Like, this was a big feud. It would gone on for a long time. You know, they, they had some really pretty memorable angles involving Andre and the Snake and Jake eliminating Andre from the Royal Rumble using the Snake, and Jake cut some good promos about it, and then for the second year in a row, Jake just has this terrible, terrible match at WrestleMania, and, you know... It wasn't totally his fault, but, you know, he probably could have done a little bit more to make it better. But, yeah, Andre just was in another world at this point. Could barely move, could barely walk, couldn't really do any offense without hurting himself. Couldn't couldn't sell, obviously. He was, you know, already doing the stuck in the ropes thing, you know, in pretty much every match that went more than, like, 30 seconds. Maybe even in the 30-second matches at this point, he was doing the stuck in the ropes thing. I don't know. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Jake, yeah, I mean, it's just, Everything was bad about it. John Studd at this point was like a black hole of charisma. I, I, yeah. I, I really don't know what they were thinking with the John Studd thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was, you know, at, a, at one point he did have some charisma, you know, when he, was, when he was younger. It's not like he was, you know, a total useless person, but you would think that if you just watched this era. You know, he just kind of stood there blank faced. Didn't really. Like, I remember there was one time when, like, Andre was disputing a count. And like they just stood there, like <laughs> staring at each other, like just like with like no expression, just holding up fingers. Like Andre was like three, and stud was like no, it's two. And like 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 they just didn't care at all. So you know, for a, for a big deal match, you know, they they just had, it had no intensity, no heat. Um, and really, you know, it's hard to say what the, how much effort there was either. It's just it's it's another example of just WrestleMania at that point. Probably did not mean all that much to the wrestlers, other than no. it was like a big payday, like like we've said in the past. It just it didn't mean that much, so they didn't try any harder than they would on a normal house show. I don't think that's true for everyone, but I think it was probably true for these guys. And Andre probably just shouldn't yeah. have been wrestling anymore. I mean, I think that's probably no. the, the biggest thing. But Stud, he could have he could have been had a little bit more energy. He <laughs> he had another uh, six years left to go. Andre just had another four. Oh yeah. So depressing. This is depressing. Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, at least those. I mean, I don't want to say at least. Those guys died of, you know, somewhat natural causes. You know, based on you know variety of things. You know, so it wasn't like the wrestler death that we uh, that we see in so many of these. Amazingly, uh, when we talk about all these wrestler deaths, Jake the Snake Roberts still alive. Still there. Still alive as of this recording and. Way to go! Like that's, I, I'm really proud of him. Keep on keeping. Yeah, on. doing well. Yeah, so. I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, who, who would have guessed? Yeah, who would have guessed? I, I am a big, despite him being on my list twice. I'm a big Jake the Snake Rob, Jake the Snake Roberts fan. I am. I want, I hope he stays, uh, stays strong for many years to come. Um, so just for the record, that's me saying I am glad Jake Roberts is not dead. Um. All right. Yes. Um, all right. So that was my number four. That was your number five. What is your number four, Joe?
1: My number four is The Undertaker against the Big Boss Man from mm-hmm. WrestleMania 15. And that is my number three, just so we're Okay. Here. All right. We're moving right along. Um, uh, once upon a time, the Hell in a Cell was a white-hot gimmick. The one with Undertaker, Sean, in 97 and Undertaker, Mankind, in 98. You could argue those were two of the top matches of the decade for the company. I, I believe we have at some point. Yes. <laughs> on a prior show. Yes. Uh, I, I remember there was like excitement about this one the prior two were so good still at undertaker boss man um you know could you know maybe he'd be inspired and they proceeded to do nothing if you took the cell out it was a boring match but i mean with the cell they had a couple solid bumps but pretty much boring as hell match the crowd is deathly silent michael cole's going on about how he could lose a finger if he got it caught in the cage Undertaker finally wins with the tombstone. The Brood comes down from the ceiling. They hang the boss man. Cole's going on about is this symbolic? It's like no, they're hanging the guy. And then like thank God they rehabbed the cell in two thousand with um, Mick Foley's last match. But this is just oh god, nothing redeeming at all.
0: Yeah, I mean this is it's this was really the this- You know, all things considered, it was surprisingly memorable for all the wrong reasons. Like you said, it was the match that made everyone realize, okay, Hell in a Cell is certainly not a foolproof gimmick. Um, I think, you know, people... Because this card did not look good on paper, in my opinion. I remember at the time getting really excited, like, man, the WWF is hotter than ever. What could they possibly pull out for this huge WrestleMania? And then other than The Rock versus Steve Austin... Not that much, so I cr- tried to take solace in the idea there was gonna be a hell in a cell match, and I tried to remember the fact that the big boss man was really good in like nineteen ninety one um, so I was hoping you know we'd get some of that boss man the undertaker would you know have some of his hell in a cell magic but nope it was just terrible they uh yeah like there was handcuffed to the cage and the handcuffs broke oh yeah, it just early. Broke. that's right yeah I mean not that that would have been so much better if it had lasted and then you know just um. Yeah, just nothing happening, you know, regular blasé finish. And then the the hanging, which just was like icing on the terrible cake of shit. Um, you know, quite the debut for Edge and Christian at WrestleMania. That's but, right. But, I mean...
1: <laughs> they fly away, it looks like they're in a production of Peter Pan or something. It was just,
0: oh, it was just nothing, nothing worked. Yeah, no, it was just terrible. I mean, WrestleMania 15 was really, really bad just yep. like a really bad show and this was another example of it so i have two matches from that one wrestlemania on here mm-hmm. and uh yeah like i said undertaker even at this point was still not having good matches at wrestlemania at this point what was undertaker's best match at wrestlemania of the 90s i'm thinking it was versus diesel probably Ugh, and that was pretty dull also yes
1: yeah i guess
0: I remember thinking that was a good match at the time, but it was, like, because the standards were so low for, like, Undertaker and big man matches in the WWF. The Kane match was pretty boring, too, but at least the Kane match had really cool stuff at the beginning and that cool, like, dive where Kane throws him into into the... table as he dives over, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that, that makes it kind of cool, makes it seem like it was a little bit more special than normal, because otherwise it was just a plotting, like choke the guy in the corner kind of match, yep. and so was this, and this did not have anything cool, so terrible, terrible match, um, and I know your number three is Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, mm-hmm. so we're up to our top two, um, All right. I'm pretty sure we're probably gonna have the same two, I'm just wondering if they're gonna be in the same order, we'll see, so my number two mm-hmm. is Jerry the King Lawler versus Michael Cole from WrestleMania 27. Uh, I guess it was called the Coal Mine match. Is um, that the name of the, the stipulation? I know the the coal mine was out there, and Steve Austin was the guest referee. Um, so, uh, so Joe, was this your number two? Yes, it was. All right, so uh, we're we're on the same page here. Yeah. So I had high hopes for this. I thought you know they would pull out all the wacky stops. It would be you know silly, lots of run-ins, you know, big bumps on someone's part, even if it wasn't by the participants in the actual match. But instead, there was none of that. There was a lot of stalling, uh, a lot of beating up Michael Cole, a weird finish. Um, just and just it went on forever. It went on forever, and the crowd did not care. And this was like, you know, this was like the few that they focused more on than anything besides The Rock versus John Cena, which wasn't even a match at that WrestleMania. You know, more so than Triple H versus The Undertaker, more than CM Punk and Randy Orton. This got a lot of TV time. It was basically supposed to be the culmination of a year of suffering through Michael Cole as a heel lead commentator, which was, you know, just so terrible. It was just, it ruined Almost every show, just that alone. And so at the very least, like let's have this wacky blow-off to this character. And it wasn't even. First of all, Cole won. Second of all, there was not really much in the way of comeuppance. Third, it was just boring and dull and there were no there were no big spots like when you have a match like this where it was like two non-wrestlers you know kind of a wacky gimmick match you, you you book some big spots like when it was Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon and you had the Van Terminator and you had Linda McMahon coming out of the out of the wheelchair stuff like that didn't have anything like that Steve Austin was barely utilized just they just did it all wrong and I was like it's like, what happened to the WWF? I think that's WWE, That's what I thought as I was watching this. It was like, why can't they figure out what they're supposed to do with these kinds of matches anymore? Because they, they used to be really good at it. Um, hopefully on Sunday we'll find out that they're really good at it again. I don't know. But uh, I don't know if you what you want to add to uh, Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler. Uh, like, I mean, I
1: certainly didn't have a problem with them booking it. I thought, you know, they could either... Keep it short, you know, Cole does some silly things Waller gets his hands on him, pile drives him and wins Or they could, you know, they've booked matches like this The aforementioned um, Shane and Vince match A lot of run-ins, keep it interesting But they're booked to go 13 minutes And not only that, but, you know uh, Booker T gets a, an entrance Jim Ross gets an entrance Michael Cole cuts a long promo He gets an entrance Jack Swagger gets an entrance Steve Austin comes out on an ATV Jerry Lawler gets an entrance And then they have the 13-minute match, you know it's like Swagger interferes. So we get some shoddy Cole offense, some lame comedy and Swagger eats a stunner. Lala gets back on offense. He beats up Cole forever to where, you know, Cole's tapping out, but Austin's just ignoring it. You know, uh, finally, you know, we ring for the bell. Everyone's celebrating the anonymous raw GM comes on and says, Nope. Uh, cause of Austin's actions. It's a DQ. So Austin looks like a dumb shit. He, uh, he's, gave booker a stunner before this he beats up josh matthews he just looks dumb there's no comeuppance for cole it's just you know it's like you know the fans aren't happy austin looks stupid i don't know i guess the whole cole deal got blown off and you started liking daniel bryan but it's just i mean this whole thing start to finish took a half hour on a wrestlemania where there were serious time allocation issues it was just oh it's just a disaster
0: yeah and um Really, this match like it had no real high spots, even like no. there was nothing like positive to me- remember about the match. Nothing cool happened at all, and you know at the very least, when you have a match like this you know and i said two non wrestlers i mean obviously Jerry lawler's one of the greatest wrestlers sure. of all time, but at this point he he's a commentator right that's his main job in the WWF, WWE for the past twenty plus years you know he was a, at best a part time wrestler in w w e so and at this point he was mm, very old so he I would say saying two non-wrestlers is fair in this context and they just they just didn't try they just didn't try to do anything cool and I guess it's because Pat Patterson is not as involved in match layout anymore I think he probably still pops in as a guest every once in a while but obviously not for this one and it was just an epic fail and um it was second only to my number one and uh Joe I'm thinking you're number one I uh I guess you could shock me, uh, but Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon from WrestleMania 26? That's the one. Yeah. So everything I said about Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler, times about 10, because this is the blow-off, supposedly, to the biggest real and worked feud of the past 25 years in wrestling, the most memorable moment in the modern era of professional wrestling. I don't even know if it's the modern era anymore. It's happened so long ago, almost 20 mm. years. But, its I mean, it's just... You know, people were waiting years for this. And granted, Bret Hart had a stroke. Can't bump. Can't do anything. So, of course, what do you do? Well, watch Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon from WrestleMania 26. You have run-ins. You have big bumps. You have big spots. Instead... It's just an uncomfortably long squash match where the babyface has like a 10-on-1 person advantage. And to the point where you get a lot of sympathy on the guy that you're supposed to be desiring to see get his ultimate comeuppance after years of waiting. They just, they could not book the simplest thing without ruining it. And it's just so emblematic of everything wrong with WWE.
1: I mean, to me, I mean, this was 12 years after Montreal. Was anyone really dying to see Brett get his comeuppance at this
0: point? They weren't dying to, but the fact that it was going to happen, they were like, okay, well, at least let's just, let's see it the right way. If the, You know, once it was happening, you wanted to see it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you, you, I wouldn't have said, like, man, I hope they booked that match for WrestleMania. But once they did, it was like, okay, you know what? Let's just have it. Let's have what we wanted for all these years. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So anyway, Vince comes out and says he bought off the Hart family. So you have all these, you know, the Hart dynasty and all this. And Bruce is a special ref and he's going to be crooked. But Brett says, no, I learned from Montreal about a double cross. So it turns out the Hart family was on his side. So like you said, (laughs) it's literally Vince versus an angry mob. (laughs) The Hart dynasty nearly murders him, giving him a heart attack outside the ring. Vince gets the foreign object, bravely fights off a dozen people, but Brett takes uh, the crowbar, beats up Vince some more. He teases the sharpshooter at one point, doesn't deliver, and the crowd boos. And he beats Vince with a chair. And after like an hour, he finally makes Vince tap. And I had this like kind of pegged as number two in my mind when I did my original list, but I went back to watch it. I couldn't finish it. It was just that bad. And I'm like, I can't think of a. If that's not number one, I don't know what is. If I can't even stomach to finish it. It's like. Yeah, you know, how do
0: you mess that up? Yeah, I mean, Joe. It? Even if you argue like people weren't clamoring for this match at this point, you could never in that entire like what was it like twelve and a half year duration between Montreal and this match. Could you have imagined that they finally do Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon, and the crowd is completely dead for it? Yeah, that takes. I mean, <laughs> takes talent. It does, and like, it's not like it's a mystery. It's not like it was a bad crowd. I mean, it's very obvious why that happened anybody could have seen it coming a mile away and like i just i just in any other era i don't think they would have let that happen and i thought that was a good wrestlemania other than that um so it's not like they were completely ruining everything but i just i just could not believe how bad that was and i still can't i still cannot believe that that happened that they just ruined that no-brainer moment um so I guess that makes it number one, right? When you can't yeah. believe how bad something is and that they could have done. I mean, I can't think of any wrestling fan. Like, you know, I, I, it's easy to sit here and crap on booking decisions and match layouts and stuff. But really, I mean, I could have done a better job than that, like laying that a match. I definitely could have. And so could every wrestling fan that I've ever spoken to done a better job of that. Even within the confines of Brett not being able to take bumps. So, Yeah. Terrible. Worst match in WrestleMania history. Um, yeah, I mean, anything you want to add? No,
1: that I mean, that,
0: that pretty much does it. Yeah, so this, uh, you know, might not be the most fun look back <laughs> at through memory lane. Um, but like you said, Joe, it's easy to pick the best matches in WrestleMania history. We pretty much talk about them all the time. Everyone knows what the obvious choices are. Um, but I think our lists were different enough that... We could, that someone, if they want to come back, go back through like some sort of wrestle crap kind of history, can go watch some of these terribly boring matches. Um, You know, some of them are really boring. I think some of them were probably bad in an entertaining way. I think there's something perversely entertaining about watching John Cena versus The Miz and realizing, oh, in 2011, they thought this was the wrestle, this was a good idea to book the WrestleMania main event this way. You know, and I think that, you know, Andre versus Jake Roberts is short enough that you Get some perverse pleasure out of being like, "Whoa! Like this was just <laughs> this was just really bad." Um. So, yeah,
1: I think like Hercules, uh, Ultimate Warrior is really short, and you can uh, it's good for a laugh. And uh, I mean, some of them are just super boring. But,
0: yeah, and, uh, and if you're about to watch WrestleMania this year, it's good to see like, hey, you know, in some ways things are okay right now because the wrestlers are all talented enough and put in enough effort that you're probably not going to get matches on this level. I mean. Like the, 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 like the, our top two matches, I would say, would be the equivalent of them just for Undertaker versus Shane McMahon, just literally having the Undertaker slowly beat up Shane McMahon for 15 minutes and pin him. Like that, yep. that's pretty, and, and, I mean, we all just assume they're not going to do that, right? That they're just going to have a lot of bells and whistles and big bumps and crazy stuff happening to distract from the fact that Undertaker is really old and broken down and Shane McMahon's not actually ever been a full time pro wrestler. But sometimes they forget to do that, and they just actually let them have a bad match. So hopefully that's not what's going to happen this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't really think of anything on the list that would really, or anything on uh, this year's yeah that might make a future list. But I guess we'll see if we look out. So
0: yeah, well, looking forward to WrestleMania. Looking forward mm-hmm. to uh, NXT and Nakamura. Um, so. Uh so it'll be a lot of talk, lot to talk about. And Joe and I I Joe, I know um don't want to give too much away, but I think you and I'll be talking to each other again on the air pretty soon.
1: Yeah, the 10th anniversary of my podcast Joe versus the world is coming up and maybe certain parties on the phone will be involved in helping me celebrate. Woohoo! Cannot wait. Ah, just kidding, no they won't. I changed my mind. Oh,
0: well. Woohoo! Cannot wait to listen. <laughs> what a what a
1: what a uh boisterous young man you are. Not even, not even this hour of negativity can, uh, can dampen your spirits. woo
0: Alright, well, uh, thank you, Joe, for doing this. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, sad and depressing trip down memory lane. And um, I hope you all enjoy WrestleMania. And I hope you all uh, listen again soon. And uh, thank you, Joe, for being on. Thank you, the Cubs fan, for hosting. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, read a damn book if you want to learn something. Bye.